Good morning, online friends. Thank you for thank you for joining us. You know, you get used to uh, for you in-house people. Most of you sit pretty much in the same place when you come to church, and and with the Fords here on my left, I don't know how I can do that. They're always over here on the right. And Ken and Gail, you're never here. You're always over on this side. How did you like the the good news uh, segment this morning? We're going to be doing. Uh, sort of a gospel capsule most weeks in the services and uh, the first one this morning as you saw was done by John Pastor John Sherwood and that was his own drone that he used that video that that introed it and the staff here uh, Stephen Thomas and uh, John Sherwood uh, put that together and so over the next week you'll see different Members of the staff and members of the congregation share it. Sometimes there'll be an object lesson or an illustration or an explanation, a drawing like uh, John used this morning, a good news capsule uh, in, the, in the services. This is week two in our discipleship series. And let's speak to the Lord before we go right to the message. Father, we're going to your word now. And we pray that once again, you would illuminate our minds and hearts. I pray, Father, that you would help us to do our part in focusing in, not letting distractions take us away from what you would say to us. Because this people here in this place and with us online today, we need to hear from you. And so, Father, speak to us, we pray, and we will listen, and we will obey. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what's this discipleship business all about? In the first book of the New Testament, that would be the book of Matthew, and chapter 4 and verse 18, disciple Matthew tells the story and I'm using Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, and uh, read it, it reads this way. Walking along the beach of Lake Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, later called Peter, and Andrew. They were fishing, throwing their nets into the lake. It was their regular work. Jesus said to them, come with me and I'll make a new kind of fishermen out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. They didn't ask questions, but they simply dropped their nets and followed. Now, did you notice they didn't ask the question that I'm seeking to answer this morning and over these next weeks? They didn't ask, what's this discipleship business all about? They didn't ask, follow you? Follow you where? Those first disciples didn't say, why follow you? Uh, if we follow you, what's in it for us? Uh, what's the pay if we follow you? And what do you mean anyway when you say we're going to catch men and women? No, verse, tw verse 20 just says they didn't ask questions, but simply dropped their nets and followed. Now we'll pick it up again at verse 21, and it reads, A short distance down the beach, they came upon another pair of brothers, James and John. 
Zebedee's sons. These two were sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their fishnets. Jesus made the same offer to them, and they were just as quick to follow, abandoning boat and father. Do you notice? Same offer, same response, no questions, no hesitation. Now we pick it up again at verse 23. From there he went all over Galilee. He used synagogues for meeting places and taught people the truth of God. God's kingdom was his theme, that beginning right now they were under God's government, a good government. He also healed people of their diseases and of the bad effects of their bad lives. Word got around the entire Roman province of Syria. People brought anybody with an ailment, whether mental, emotional, or physical, and Jesus healed them, one and all. More and more people came, the momentum gathering. Besides those from Galilee, crowds came up from the ten towns across the lake, others up from Jerusalem and Judea, and still others from across the Jordan. Now, I, I think it's quite obvious from the last few verses, beginning at verse 23 with, from there he went all over Galilee, verse 24, word got around the entire Roman province, verse 25, crowds came from the ten towns. It's obvious that there's a significant passage of time, perhaps even several months, so that by the time we reach the next verse, which is the first verse in chapter 5 of Matthew, Jesus had pretty well rounded out the crew of his original. He had made his choices of those original disciples. Chapter 5, verse 1 opens this way. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. Those apprenticed to him, the scripture reads. And, and you say, what's an apprentice? Well, I looked that up in my Funk and Wagnall dictionary, and here's what I found. An apprentice is a beginner who is bound by an agreement to serve another. An apprentice is bound, yes, they are bound, but they're bound by their own choice. And then it says, the committed climbed with him. So what I'm asking of you this day and over these next weeks together is that I'm asking you if you will be my climbing companion. So we're going to look now at the scripture that we've just read. And so I'm saying to you, come on now, come and climb with me. As we answer this question, what is this discipleship business all about? And to help answer that question, I want you to notice five things this morning. And here's the first. This discipleship business. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, number one, you won't be running the business. Sorry, but you won't be running the business. It is his business. He's the one in charge. And I take you back to the word where it reads, Come with me, Jesus said. I will make you a new kind of fisherman. I'll show you how. And I just remind, we all need to be reminded that 
He's the one in charge. You will never get to run this discipleship business. An employee of a company tells this story. He said, the boss was complaining in our staff meeting the other day that he wasn't getting any respect. And so later that morning, he went to a local sign shop and bought a small sign that read, I'm the boss, and he put it up on his office door. And later that day, after he returned from lunch, he found that someone had taped a note to his sign, I'm the boss, and the note said, your wife called, she wants her sign back. (laughs) Well, the message for us is simply this, you're not the boss either. No sign on your door if you agree to be a discipleship ship of a disciple of Jesus. If you're looking to get into a business with possibilities of advancement, of working your way up, maybe get into management, maybe in this discipleship business you can get a front office job, wrong business, sorry. This isn't that business. The most ancient and concise Christian creed from century one was only four words long, and it was simply this, Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, if we were to take the Lord, maybe, and put it in modern-day colloquial terms, we might say, Jesus is the boss. He is the boss. You know what? Over 38 years of pastoral ministry, I have come across a pastor or two that thought when they became a pastor that that would mean that I'm the boss of this outfit. Do I need to tell you? They're no longer in this discipleship business, at least not in the church business anymore. Some people, it seems, get the wrong idea about this discipleship business. There are people that think somehow if they lead a ministry in a local church that they get to be the boss. And I say to you this morning that lead does not equal boss. Lead equals serve. Years ago, I think now it's been over 30 years, I attended a general conference of the Wesleyan Church. They're held every four years. And so I was down deep in the state somewhere. And one of the four, at that time, the Wesleyan Church was led by a a group of four, a committee of four. And one of them was retiring. And I sat there and listened to his retirement speech. And I was really struck by this. He said, some people think that to be a general superintendent is like riding, riding a fine white horse in a parade. But he said, it's mostly cleaning the stables. What is this discipleship business all about? I'm sorry to tell you, I'm pleased to tell you at the same time, that you don't work your way up in this discipleship business. You work your way down, down is up. So are you still interested in this business today? Well, so number one, you won't be running the business. Now here's the second thing I want to say. There are five. Number two, the second thing I would say is this. It's serious business. This is serious business. It's the most vital, important, essential, serious business on the planet. Now fishing, I mean fishing fish, 
is important in serious business. Of my 38 years, 22 of them I spent in southwest Nova Scotia. And we knew down there that fishing was important and serious business. It was the backbone of the economy down there. But you know what? <clears throat> the same is true in ancient Galilee. Those original disciples that we just read about when Jesus came and called them from the fishing industry, they were not sport fishermen. They fished to live. It was their living. But notice, Jesus calls these first disciples Come now, I want you to get into a new business, the disciple business. And they didn't ask questions. They simply dropped their nets and followed. Then Jesus goes down shore, approaches two more men, and says, Come, and they were just as quick to follow, abandoning boat and father. They left a serious, vital business to go into a more serious, more essential, and more vital business business. I can relate to that. Back in the year 1979, I left the teaching profession after teaching a dozen years. And I considered teaching public school as a serious business. I thought of it this way. If someone were to ask me, why do you do this? I might find an answer like this. I feel like I'm shaping young minds to help them live a productive 70 or so years. And then I moved in 1979 into a more serious business. If you were to ask me what's the business of my life these days, I might answer, I'm helping to shape lives to help people live a productive now and forever. You know, the whole world is a little confused, I think, in our time about what's important and what isn't. Now, I'm a baseball fan, and baseball is a, is a sport, but we all understand this. It's, it, it's also a business. It's big business. But I would declare, in spite of the, fan that I, the fact that I am a fan, it's not an important business. Well, think about baseball for a minute. It's grown men trying to hit a ball of twine wrapped in cowhide with a stick. That's what baseball is. I was reminded of that, I recall, just a week before this event that I'm going to tell you about, our daughter Nikki, who's working with the children over across the way, uh, she was in, on a missions trip in, in the inner city of San Francisco just before this event I'm going to tell you about happened. Faye Vincent was the commissioner of baseball in 1989 when the San Francisco earthquake, some of you are old enough to remember that, 63 people killed. And it shook the ballpark and canceled game three of the World Series in that year. The game between the San Francisco Giants and Oakland A's. When questioned, when Faye Vincent was questioned about when the World Series would resume, he really put things in proper perspective by referring to baseball's World Series as a modest little game. He was saying this is not important. This is not a vital business. In the big, in the big picture of this tragic earthquake, baseball, not serious. This disciple business I'm talking to you about this morning is serious business Nothing on this planet is more important. Here's the third thing I want to tell you 
about this discipleship business. Here it is. It's a lifelong business. This business is a lifelong business. And I take you back to verse 22 that we read moments ago. Just one word in that verse jumps out at me, and it's this word. Abandoning is the word. These disciples who were called, it says they abandoned. Abandoning boat and father. They, they, were, they were done fishing perch and bass for good. And for James and John, think about this, it was a family business. They were in the fishing business with their dad Zebedee. And they didn't go to Zebedee, apparently, and say, I wonder if you could give us a temporary leave of absence. Could, uh, would you hold the job for us for three or four months and maybe by December we'll come on back and fish again? No, they abandoned, it says, career and family and began a new career that means that never again would they change careers. They were done with fishing. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, hey, this business of being a disciple is a lifelong business. My friend, Dr. H.C. Wilson, who spoke here just a month ago, he was the head of global partners for the Wesleyan Church for several years. And he was telling me about the early missionaries who went to the continent of Africa in 1889 and they went to the country of Sierra Leone. And when they packed up to go to Sierra Leone, they put their belongings in caskets, realizing that it probably, probably would be a one-way trip and they would never be back again. There was no turning back, no furlough back in those days. Several died in the early years including a five-year-old child. One adult missionary died within weeks of arriving there in Sierra alone of blackwater fever, they called it, and today we know that as malaria. Many of those early missionaries are buried at a cemetery in a place called Kunso. Dr. Wilson told me about his visit there to that cemetery. He said it was very moving. Hey, listen, this discipleship business, it's a lifelong business. Still interested? Here's the fourth thing I want you to notice about this discipleship business. This business apparently isn't for everyone. This business isn't for everyone. Now, don't get me wrong. It could be for everyone, but some won't commit and I take you back to the verse. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed climbed with him. See it? The committed climbed with him. Not everyone apparently climbed. Some of that huge crowd did not or would not commit. And I say to you today, if you get into the when you get into the disciple business, you're joining an elite group, a special group. An older man took great pride in the fact that when he was a young man, he was a Navy SEAL. And why not take pride in that? It's a very elite group. It takes a very special sailor to qualify to be a Navy SEAL. 
And this man told about sharing his military exploits with his grandson's kindergarten class. So he's, he, he told stories, his war stories, to the children in the class. And after he finished, he asked if there were any questions. And hands shot up all over the classroom. And he called on one little girl and said, yes, what's your question? And he said, well, if, if you're a seal, can you balance a ball on the end of your nose? Well, that brought him kind of, not that kind of seal, that kind of brought him down to earth. Hear me this morning. Those in the discipleship business, this discipleship business, it's an elite group, all right. But it's a different kind of elite. To be a Navy SEAL, only a few can qualify. The physical demands must be, are beyond most. And those who qualify, I guess they do have some reason to be proud. But this discipleship business that I'm talking to you about this morning, hear me, anyone can qualify. Anyone can. For the demands are possible for any who will make that commitment and submit. And it doesn't make you proud when you do that. It makes you humble. So this business isn't for everyone, but it's for you if and if you have committed. One more thing I want to say to you today about this discipleship business, and it's this. Disciples are in business to catch men and women. They're in business to catch men and women. And I take you back to verse 19. Come with me, Jesus speaking, and I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. You see it? Right at the beginning, when Jesus first said the words to them, come and follow me, he told them what it was all about. He said, I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how. And as soon as they started following, this is interesting. As soon as they started following Jesus, right then they started fishing. Those early disciples went fishing when Jesus sent them out two by two. Andrew was fishing. When he found the boy with five loaves and two fish and brought him to meet Jesus. Philip was fishing when he went and found his friend Nathaniel and came back and said, Nathaniel, I want you to meet Jesus. Disciple Thomas, history tells us, fished and went all the way to India fishing where he died there fishing for men and for women. Disciples are in business to catch men and women. Let me encourage you with these words. You're fishing. You're fishing when you say to someone, you know what, Cross Point Church is going to be offering Alpha this year. Would you be interested in taking Alpha? You are fishing when you say to someone, come to Cross Point with me next week. It's safer than Superstore, and you'll love our music. You might even love our pastor. Hear me today. Let me encourage you with these words. You, you are fishing when you say to someone, when you online folks say to a friend, hey, check out crosspointchurch.ca. You'll appreciate their service. 
You are fishing. You are fishing. When you take a casserole to that bereaved family in your neighborhood and tell them when you hand it to them, I'm praying for you in these days. You are fishing. You are fishing. When you join a COVID-19 discussion at Tim's about an uncertain future and you find yourself saying something like that, no, I don't know about the future either, but I have my hand in the one who holds the future. Fishing for men and women and for teens and for children is the business of our lives as a disciple of Jesus. And so, that is what this discipleship business is all about. This discipleship business, sorry, you won't be running the business. It's his business. He is Lord. It's a serious business. It's a lifelong business. It's only for the committed. Will you commit? And it's the business of helping men and women and boys and girls and young people come to know Jesus Christ. So, will you be my climbing companion, our climbing companion over these next weeks together as we endeavor to be disciples of Jesus Christ? Let's pray together. Father, thank you that your call to be a disciple was not just for those few that we hear about back in the, the record in the Bible. But the call is out to anyone who will respond, come and be my disciple. And Father, those early disciples with really knowing little or nothing about what that would mean, just abandoned abandoned their fishing boats and became disciples and fishers, fisher of men and women. Father, may we be of a similar mind and heart, willing to say, I will answer the call to be a disciple. And whatever that means, as the truth unfolds to me over these next weeks, I declare that I will be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.